Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You're listening to Westside Ministry San Diego with me, Ginger Cancino. Thank you so much for taking your time to tune in today. I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about holding on to God. You know, in these times, it is so important to understand that God is with us. As we go through our daily lives, sometimes it's hard to think that God is with us when things are going crazy in our lives. Things might not be what we would like for them to be in our lives. And we sometimes ask, where are you, God? And God is always there. The Bible says that those that love him and fear him, he's there. We have to serve him and love him and respect him, obey him. But he is there for us through any and everything. There's nothing to worry about or fear. And let me tell you, I'm preaching to the choir here because I've been dealing with some things. And I I have to remind myself, even though it may feel like God is a million miles away, he is not. So when we are going through a lot of issues in our lives, there is some scripture that we need to hold on to. But first I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about Elisha and the widow's oil. I love this account in the Bible. It's in 2 Kings. I love this account because this widow lady did not know what she was going to do. She had no idea what she was going to do. But a man of God, his name's Elisha, he uh, stayed with Elijah. Elijah was his mentor. And when Elijah was taken up into the whirlwind, Elisha was there. And he said he wanted a double portion of what Elijah had. And so Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak and carried on the ministry that was started through Elijah. So I'm going to read 2 Kings 4 verses 1 through 7. And this is the New King James Version. It says, A certain woman of the, of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creator is coming to, and the creditor, sorry, is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, My maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and then pour it into all those vessels, and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons will live on the rest. And I love This account here because it shows us just how God answers 
our prayers. You know, sometimes God answers our prayers miraculously. And then other times he answers our prayers through other people. And at this point, he was answering this widow lady's prayer through Elisha. Through the knowledge that God gave Elisha. But God still performed the miracle. So God told Elisha what to do. God gave Elisha the wisdom, knowledge, discernment, and understanding. And we as children of God need to pray for that. So God worked through Elisha, but God still performed the miracle of the oil. If you've ever seen a, an oil, um, an oil v- uh, vase or whatever they call them, uh, uh, a jar, um, most of them are pretty small. Most of them are about as big as your hand and only about three to four inches tall. You do have some that are larger. You do have some that are of a bigger size. But when I did some research, the main ones that I saw was for lighting. They had oil in them. And then you lit the end at the end of the open part of the jar. And the flame would flicker because it would burn on the oil inside the jar. And so these were rather small. So if she had a small one that was full of oil and she filled up multiple small ones and some big ones, you know, that, that one little small one, you would have never, ever, ever thought that it had enough oil in it to give more oil into the other jars. But because of God, because he Performed the, performed the miracle, this little jar of oil filled up multiple jars of oil. And I'm sure she had some big ones too. Isn't it the same with you and I? When it comes to us, we are full a little bit. But with God, He fills us up to overflowing so that we can pour into other people's lives. And I give God praise for that. You know, there are some days that we get up and we feel like, oh, I just can't do it today. I cannot. Sometimes I'll say I can't adult today. (laughs) I don't want to go to work. I don't want to pay bills, you know, but of course we have to. But sometimes you just get up and you feel like you are spiritually drained. You feel like that, that there's no Nothing left in there to pour out into someone else spiritually. But when you get up and you get moving and you come across someone who needs a word from God, who needs encouragement, who needs a show of love, God fills you spiritually. Even though you felt like just a few hours ago you had no spiritual oil in your life, God fills you so that you can feel that other person. You know, we tend, as human beings, we tend to feed off of other people's emotions. Have you ever been in a room with someone with like an anxiety, uh, uh, an anxiety issue? When I was working in one doctor's office in Kearney Mesa, it's just, uh, it's still in San Diego, but it was up the road here a bit. I was in the room with someone who had an anxiety disorder and they were very anxious and they were talking about being very anxious and they were, you know, moving around. They didn't, couldn't sit still. It was like, you know, they were just very anxious and 
I felt myself starting to get anxious, starting to feel like, oh, I've got to get out of here because, you know, I'm starting to feel the way this person does about being worried about everything, about thinking about everything and overthinking and stuff like that. And, and, and have you ever been around someone who is really depressed or, or really negative? And then all of a sudden you just kind of feel that stuff starting to attach to you. And it's just like, oh, I got to get out of here because I can't. I'm not a negative person. I'm a positive person. I love encouragement. I love peace. I love truth. I love to be around people that are happy and joyful. And when I come around other people that aren't, sometimes that will try to start dragging me down. And sometimes it will. Sometimes it will drag me down. And then God's got to remind me that's not me. That's things that you're letting attach to you that have nothing to do with me. So then you got to go to prayer time. But when we when we get around other people that need God, he will fill our oil within us, the spiritual oil within us so that we can pour out into other people. And this is a great example of a miracle that God did by pouring out out of a little oil jar, pouring out multiple oil into other jars for this widow lady. So that she could pay the debt and keep her sons out of from being slaves and to live on that for the rest of their life. You know, that also tells us how much God blesses us abundantly when we obey. You know, what if Elijah came in there and told her to do that and she started laughing and said, yeah, right. Like, that's really going to work. This is a small oil jar and you're wanting us to go collect multiple jars from all my neighbors and you think that this little bit of oil is going to fill up all of those jars. <laughs> if she did that, she would have never received the miracle that she did from God. We can never ever discount what God can do. God can do any and everything all the time. He is perfect, wonderful, loving, merciful, graceful. He is our healer, our miracle worker. He can do anything anything to put him in a box would be ridiculous because when we read the Bible we see multiple things that he did all through the Old and New Testament all the miracles all the signs all the wonders he can do anything anything and we've got to believe that and we've got to hold on to that and the widow the widow woman here believed that Elisha was a man of God. She believed that. So she believed when he told her to do something that God was telling him to tell her. So therefore, she took it and said, I will do that. I will obey. And when she did, boy, she got a blessing like she never thought that she would have because us as human beings would never think that a little oil jar would fill up multiple oil jars from neighbors that were collected. But she knew that Elisha was a man of God, and she knew that God spoke to Elisha. And if Elisha was saying this, then she knew that God was saying it, and she was going to obey. Our human minds could not ever contemplate how that would happen because it's impossible for us as humans 
But nothing, and I mean nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. And so she, she was able to see this miracle because she obeyed. We must obey. We must obey God's word. We must obey when God's telling us to do something in our personal life. Stop watching movies that have, that have uh, cussing and, and, and nudity in them. Stop looking at pornography. Stop doing sinful things. Obey God's word and then obey the still small voice that you hear in your spirit when God tells you stop watching certain shows. Stop eating certain foods because they're not good for you. Anyone who has high blood pressure, we know, which I don't, thank God, but we know that if someone has high blood pressure, salt is their enemy. So any kind of canned food is going to have salt in it. Any kind of processed food, like sandwich meats and stuff, is going to have salt in it. And, and it has to be limited or completely taken out of the diet so that the blood pressure doesn't go up. We understand that. So we have to obey what God is saying. And He will give us the miracles that we need so this widow this widow lady was going through a huge trial her husband had died her the creditors were going to come and take her sons to be slaves so she was going through a huge trial but god god intervened and god will intervene for us as well We've just got to understand that when we're, when we're going through trials, we need to hold tightly to God, even tighter than what we do when we're not going through trials. Let me tell you, it's wonderful being on the mountaintop. Anytime I'm on the mountaintop, I'm praising God for the mountaintop. But then when I'm in the valley, I end up at some point thanking God and praising Him for the valley because I understand that is how he helps us to grow. Do I like being in the valley? <laughs> no, I do not. It doesn't feel good. It hurts. You know, when God is changing us and molding us, it, it can be painful. And so, of course, we don't want to be in the valley longer than we have to absolutely be. But God is there. So when we are in the valleys, we need to hold on to him tight, tight, tight. We need to anyway. But when we're in the valley, we tend to separate ourselves from God a little bit. We tend to go through a pity party and feel sorry for ourselves. I'm speaking um, out of uh, knowledge here because, you know, I have done these things. I have, this is some of my experiences. I have backed away from reading the word at times and from praying at times and throwing a little bitty pity party. And sometimes it gets to be a big pity party. But, you know, I've done these things. But we've got to understand that when we go through a trial, it is for our good. It may not feel good. We may lose someone very close to us that we absolutely love. We may lose our job, our home, our vehicle, you know, and it may not feel good. But in the end, when we rely on God and we obey Him and we serve Him even though we're going through hard times, we are going to come out better on the other end than we started. 
may not seem that way going through the valley, but it will be that way because Romans 8.28 says that God works all things out to the good of those that love him. It may not feel good at first, but in the end, when we get through the tunnel, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. When you get through the tunnel, it is going to be for our good. Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's there. He's there in trouble. He may be silent. You may be questioning if he's even there. Are you there, God? Can you hear me? Do you even care about what I'm going through? Yes, he does. Yes, he's there. Yes, he hears you. And yes, he cares. But he is our very present help in trouble. Psalms 34, 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. He will deliver us out of our troubles. It may not be at the beginning. We may have to go all the way through the trouble. But there will be an end to the trouble that we're going through. He will deliver us. Isn't that wonderful? Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we must wait for the Lord. And let me tell you, waiting is so hard. I know. I've been there. I've experienced it. I still experience it. But I'm still waiting. Because when we do wait on the Lord, we, He will renew our strength. And we will soar like eagles. We will run and not be weary. And we will walk and not faint. Because we are waiting on Him. We trust Him. We trust Him. I was praying a few days ago. And I heard God tell me twice in my spirit, you don't trust me. You don't trust me because I was travailing over a situation and, and, and I was just so, oh God, why? What is going on? You know, what needs to be done? And, and he simply told me twice, you don't trust me. And that really hit me because, you know, I thought I did. But when we're going through a trial and we give something to God, but then we go back over there a couple days later and pick it back up and take it from him. We're essentially saying we don't trust you. We can handle this situation better. We can do better in this situation than you, God. Because I gave it to you, but you haven't worked in two days. So I'm going to take it back. Because I don't see that you're working in that situation. So I'm going to take it back and I'm going to do it myself. That is telling God we don't trust him. It's not in our time, it's in his time. When he's ready, he will take care of the situations that we are in. And he will help us and give us strength through the situation. But until he's ready to take care of the situation completely, it's going to remain. So the best thing for us to do is leave it in his hands. When we think about it, stop thinking about it. Start singing a praise and worship song in your mind. Start thinking about scripture. Get out the Bible and read it. Don't think or dwell on the things that you've given to God. Because believe you me, I've been there. Obviously, if he told me just about three days ago, I don't trust him. I've been there just a few days ago. Thinking that I can do something better than he can when I cannot. Only God can take care of things in his time for his will to be done. And it will be way more greater and more perfect than if we had tried to take care of it ourselves. So trust him. 
What, what you put in his hands, leave in his hands. When we worry about something, when we fret over something, we're not trusting God. We are not trusting him because we're worrying over it. You know, like for me, I trust that my job is going to pay me every two weeks. So when I open up my checking account on the day that I'm supposed to get paid and it's not there yet, because sometimes they pay me later in the evening times or whatever, it, it shows up in my account. But when I look at my account on that day and it's not there yet, I'm like, okay, well, it'll be there later today. Why? Because I trust my job to pay me because if they don't, I'm not coming back to work because that's why I work. I'm, I'm there to work and get paid and I'm doing a job to be paid. So if I'm not being paid, then I'm not going to work at that job. So I trust my job to pay me. It's the same way with God. We have to trust that God's going to do what he says he's going to do when he's going to do it. And we have to leave it to him on the actual time that he's going to do it. A couple more scriptures. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, the, the world doesn't give us any peace, no peace at all. Watch the news, look at people going down the streets that are, are um, hurting other people and doing bad things. The world is not going to give us peace. The only way we'll have peace is through Christ. And Christ is saying here, get, you know, I will give you the peace. Don't be troubled and don't be afraid. So we've got to trust and rely on God. Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The glory that's going to be revealed to us, to me, I interpret that as heaven. So the, the troubles of this world mean nothing to me. The sufferings of this world mean nothing to me because it doesn't compare to going to heaven. I do not want to walk through a suffering time and lose God in the middle of that time and then die and be separated from him for all eternity. Because then I allowed this world and these sufferings and these, these heartaches to get to me when this world means nothing. We are here but a short time. We are vapor. We are dust. And we're here for a short time to do what God has called us to do. And when our assignment is done, we will have run the race. We will have kept the faith and we will go to be with Christ for all eternity. But if we allow the world to, and the sufferings that we experience here to stop us from serving God, we will not make it to heaven. So again, I want to read that. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this world that we're living in are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's not worth comparing it to eternity with Christ. So hang in there and hold on to God. Isaiah 12 two, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid for the Lord. God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. When you're in a troubled time, have a song that you sing through it. Mine is, He Walks With Me, or The Sun's Coming Up in the Morning. You know, those are my two go-to songs that I love to sing when I am in despair, when I am in the trenches. 
and I feel completely alone and that God has abandoned me, which I know he has not. The word says that he hasn't, but sometimes we feel that way. But get yourself a song to sing. Isaiah 12, 2, behold, God is my salvation. He is the one that I will cling to. I will trust and will not be afraid for the Lord is my strength. God is our strength and our song. Get a song in your heart. He has become my salvation. He is the one that is there that loves us, that will never leave us nor forsake us. Get a song in your heart. When Satan tries to start beating you up and he starts pestering you and you feel like you can't go on anymore, Start singing your song that gets you through the trials. That one song, I looked it up on YouTube the other day. For he is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is is Lord. That's all that it is to the song. They just keep repeating that, that paragraph there. But it is so powerful and so wonderful that when I am going through a trial that I feel like my knees are buckling and the weight on me is so heavy that I cannot walk another inch, I'll start singing that song. For He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And He is my Lord. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Get a song in your heart. Get some pep in your step. Get encouraged today that God is still on the throne. If the news is depressing you, stop watching the news. If social media is depressing you, stop getting on social media. I do not get on social media much at all anymore. I will post every once in a while on Facebook and on Westside Ministries San Diego. Every once in a while, but I do not get on social media much anymore. I would rather be with God. Get into his word. Pray daily. Read daily. Serve him with our whole hearts. I know some days we don't feel like it. I've been there. I've done that. And some days I neglected to pray and read because I wasn't feeling it. But then I come to the conclusion my feelings are flesh. And they want me to stay away from God because of the calling that God has on my life. The calling God has on your life. The flesh, the devil wants to keep you away from God. So if you don't feel like praying and reading one day, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because God will meet you where you're at. When you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Be encouraged today. Serve God with your whole heart. Know He is with you through it all. If you need to speak to me, message me, Westside Ministries San Diego Facebook page. Go on there and send me a private message. Tell me what is going on and what you want me to pray for you about. I would love to hear from you. 
God is everything to us. And we are here for such a time as this for His will to be done. And we need to be busy about our Father's business and not worrying about this world or what Satan's trying to say to us that we're not worthy enough. We're not good enough. We can't make it serving God. You know, all of those are lies from Satan just wanting us to quit. Do not quit. Dig your heels in and say, no matter what, I will not stop serving God. If none go with me, still I will follow. Because he means that much to us. Thank you so much for listening. And God bless.